covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRadio.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the backing podcast for Startup.Radio, the world's number one tech entrepreneurship radio. If you're listening to us for the second or third or more times, please make sure you hit the like and subscribe button wherever you're watching this and wherever you're listening to this. Um, you know, guys, we are bringing you content from Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. But this time I met somebody at the Huawei Connect in Paris. And, um, actually I, I made a little ex exception because once or twice a year we have startups from abroad, meaning outside of Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And this time we have Simone here from beautiful Italy, originally from Venetia, I've heard. It's a pleasure to be here, of course, and thank you for your invitation. Totally my pleasure. We already cleared out the weather because outside it is snowing for the first time this year in Germany. We are expecting something around 10 centimeters here for the Americans. That's four inches. And everybody from Colorado says uh, four inches. We get that in September. But for us here, it's almost like a blizzard. So that's why I'm prepared. I have my peppermint tea here. You have your tea yeah, there. And hopefully you, you, your heating stays on. We already talked about yeah. that as well. As I said, we met at uh, Huawei Connect. Um, there has been a lot of talk about SME topics, digital transformation, cloud, and AI. And actually, I also tried the um, AI Pango model. Um, I was pretty impressed because I was talking to it in German and really fast. And um, my German name is Jörn, J-O with the two dots on it, R-N, and without a hinge, it translated it. And I was really, really impressed because there's a lot of big cloud providers who don't get this. Um, what, did, what did you take from the event? What was some of the um, highlights, some of the ideas you took, uh, you took away with you? Oh, yes, it was very amazing event. We had uh, the chance to, to see a lot of uh, solutions that are moving from the uh, on-premise solution to the cloud approach to actually exploit the, the power of uh, uh, cloud computing. That is something that we can um, start to think about because uh, we need more and more computational power. So the cloud is a solution to balance and not to waste resources because we can just have this kind of virtual uh, environment on the cloud so that are scalable, that uh, we can, uh, uh, yes, use uh, on demand and not waste, of course, uh, resources that maybe we, we don't need in their full um, power. And also there is a very strong um, uh, approach, a very strong idea on digitalization because yes, the, the consumer are very, uh, are very on the edge with the new technology. They are very, they use a lot of new technology, technologies. Everyone is using ChatGPT. These are cutting edge natural language processing technology, but we forget that maybe the industries, the, uh, especially the small and medium, 
um, industries are um, still behind. They're using a lot of uh, more traditional, a lot of uh, handmade uh, processes in their production lines. So this, I, I saw a very strong uh, direction, a very strong, um, I mean, intention to bring the, the digitalization to the, to the industry. Um, actually, I have to admit, just recently, I saw some SMEs still using floppy disk, moving it from computer to computer. So there is a lot of improvement to be done here. It, not too recently, I saw SMEs here in Germany moving data with floppy disk from A to B around. Um, so I think there's a lot to do as you've been talking about um, the processing power of cloud. Um, personal um personal feeling is that there's a lot of digitalization to be done but also moving on premise stuff into the cloud where i have to admit a few of the um very long time entrepreneurs are still a little bit frightened of but i get the feeling that germany especially the smes are a little bit behind the curve here how is your like gut feeling in italy right now Yes, also in Italy, I can say that, um, I mean, the, um, industry, the industry environment in Italy is mainly small and medium size. And they use, they still use a more artisan approach when they, in their production processes. So yes, we are, I can say that we are behind it. Also, uh, say behind German. If I mean, we we strongly um, have this kind of tissue made of small and medium-sized industry, and it's very difficult for a small and medium-sized industry to see the value that the digitalization can bring to the. Uh, 3D processes and also the cloud is seen as a, I mean, as a way to take your data outside your, your industry, your plant and not uh, as an advantage. So this is uh, a very point that we have to work a lot because cloud is not meaning taking your data and uh, moving them outside your, your plant is uh may moving them in a more secure uh storing system a more uh, reliable storing system you can access to much more uh, power powerful uh, processing computing and yeah this is the point where we have to um i mean um we have to point the most when we talk to our clients, to our customers. Just to make sure, if you're talking about secure storage, you're talking about digital storage and not stone tablets, right? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> just, just to make just to make sure. Before we get a little bit into what you guys are doing, I I've seen you you did some very impressive stuff. I have to admit, I don't understand a lot because uh my Italian is, so to say, non-existent, <laughs> but, 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 but I do get that you studied at Padua 
and yes. then you did um, some type of internship. Then you've been um, uh, then you've been with an information technology company, and then you already started at Blue Tensor. Can you take us a little bit along the journey for like? one or two minutes yeah, and we've course. learned there so people understand from from who whom they are getting the good advice yes of course um yes i graduated at the university of padua in telecommunication engineering and during my um, master degree i mm, had an internship in a consulting company of internet of information technology in Milan. And then when I graduated at the university, uh, I took maybe a few months uh, to go around the world. I stayed in Thailand. And yeah, I enjoyed the time to just organize my my ideas on my future, then I came back and I moved to Trento. I started working in Blue Tensor. Um, when I moved to Blue Tensor and I started my, my journey, I, it, it was still because Blue Tensor was born in 2018 uh, as a startup. Now I, we are almost at the end of our startup journey, but Yes, we started with the strong consulting approach uh, and our um, aim is to uh, develop tailored-made uh, AI solution for the industry. But in the last years, we started to synthesize our experience in products. So we are developing to... Um, let's say platform, uh, artificial intelligent platform, one for the computer vision and industry and the other one for the uh, raising field of natural language processing with, you know, with ChatGPT, AI became uh, very, very mainstream. So everyone has very high expectation on it. So we developed these two products and we are moving from a strong consulting approach to, uh, uh, let's say, product-based business approach. Um, yes, I started as a developer, as a computer vision expert in, in Blue Tensor. Um, yes, now I'm, when we started the, um, our Computer vision platform, Iris, that's the name, the, the name of the, of the platform. Uh, I started as a project manager of this platform and I'm very proud of how it's evolving, how we are developing and also how we are keeping it at the edge of the computer vision technologies. Computer vision is a pretty amazing topic. We'll, we'll, get right to it but one question when when I, you talked about um telecommunications engineer i had in the back of my mind the 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 mean question so every, every time the satellite dish of one of your relatives doesn't work they call you right <laughs> uh yes or no no actually um i chose a very 
let's say, weird curriculum for my telecommunication degree. I attended, I, of course, attended a lot of networks, wireless networks, 5G and mobile networks courses, uh, signal processing. So this kind of, I mean, mainly uh, telecommunication fields, but also uh, it was the start, I mean, of the AI. So also the university, uh, the university started a lot of courses about uh, artificial intelligence or uh, data-driven models. And I put myself into, <laughs> into it because I, I was really fascinated by these kind of topics. And also, uh, I attended a course about the application of these information technologies, both uh, AI and data-driven models and signals processing into healthcare application. I, um, I'm actually, uh, let's say, uh, information, healthcare information technology expert. <laughs> But yeah, th this is my, my telecommunication curriculum. So it's, mm, yes, about telecommunication, telecommunication, about signal processing, but applied to uh, data-driven models and in this case, healthcare. Mm -hmm. You are talking about AI no-code visualization. Um, You, you, your tool is called IRS, right? Iris, Iris, yeah, Iris. The name of the platform, exactly. Yeah. Uh, spelled like IRS dot AI. Um, and yeah. and uh, can you first, before we get into a little bit specific stuff, can you tell us what an AI no code visualization actually is because in the, in the brain of most people right now, there, there's the buzzword alarm going off. Lots of buzzwords, no meaning behind it. Can, <laughs> can you put a little bit meaning behind this for all of us? Oh, yes. Iris is our computer vision platform and it has been, it has been designed to uh, not require any coding expertise, any computer vision expertise. Um, it's just something that allows the industry, especially this small and medium-sized industry, to uh, embrace, to leverage the power of AI without the need of high budget or high investment on maybe a computer vision team or data scientist team. So this is the meaning of no code uh, computer vision platform. So you, know, you don't need to be uh, a developer. You don't need to be uh, an expert of uh, deep learning and neural network models. You just need to be an expert of your own field, of what you are, of your product, of what you are building or what you are generating inside your um, inside your industry. So this is the only requirement that you have to start using our platform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, and, and now let's talk a little bit about it. It's basically an AI, 
I don't have a degree in engineering. Okay, so so cut me some slack here. And could could I put it in very layman terms that your platform is an AI you can train that works with pictures? Yes. Score uh, <laughs> almost an engineer. Correct. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's a computer vision platform that, of course, works with images or also video. Um, the point is that you can um, start the point the development of an entire computer vision system. So, starting from the um, data acquisition, data annotation, AI model training, that is one of the, uh, I mean, the annotation and the training are one of the most difficult part of uh, computer vision system, AI system uh, development. And then the one of the main feature of our platform is that you can, with our flow technology that we, we developed, you can uh, take the model that you developed, put it inside a workflow and deploy it inside your uh, production line with, of course, no need of code, no need of uh, expertise. You just have your computer vision system for, let's say, uh, one of the uh, main field of application is the quality assurance. So you can start acquiring, acquiring your images to Iris. You annotate them to Iris uh, using also this uh, technology of data annotation that allows you to be very, very fast. Also, it supports you with some smart tools and then train the model and finally you can just deploy your model in your workflow and you have your computer vision system working with without again writing a single line of code and without having the knowledge uh, behind the computer vision model so you just have to uh, have the knowledge uh, to annotate i mean your products but i mean it's Basic requirement for uh, for someone who who wants to to develop this kind of mm -hmm. quality assurance. Um, um, what, one question: When you're talking about yeah. annotation, it's basically you have what I have in mind. You have a picture, you put yes. uh, some circles around sev several pieces, and you then tell the AI, for example, that is a good piece. There's something broken off, and we want to have it look like that. Something along those simple lines. Oh, yes, it's something like you have your images and you have to say to, to the model, you start with the uh, white model, black model with no knowledge. So you have to say him, it, or <laughs> um, you have to say that this is a defect. This is another defect with another name. So you can also... Uh, differentiate the detection of the of the defects. So this is a scratch. Uh, this is um, another kind of defect. Uh, this is a mm, not uniform uh, color. And just with um, 
let's say, rectangles, boxes around the, the defect. And you collect a lot of images. You, let's say, annotate in the sense that you say to the model, this is a defect, this is another defect, this is another kind of defect. You just push all your data inside the, the model. The model starts his training process. And at the end, you, you have a model that is able and uh, very, very specialized in recognizing your defect or the defect that you provided. And not only in the images, of course, that you provide it, because uh, this is very simple, but uh, the strength of the AI and what differentiate uh, the AI models from traditional approaches is that the AI models are very, very um, good in generalizing the, the defects. So they just extract the features of the defect. They learn the feature of what is a defect. And then they start looking for the defect in new images uh, and new pieces that uh, he never he never seen before. So, so basically you have to uh, uh do some training on the job as you would like a human person um, in quality insurance, but you have to dumb it down below human level as you would have speaking with a very dim with a toaster and you train it over time that it gets as good or even better as your best quality insurance people. Oh, yes. Um, you start with, um, usually we start with a baseline, but that uh, is more or less uh, at the same level of a human level of uh, quality assurance. And then uh, with our models, we, um, let's say we start training the models and you can think about the models like babies. So mm, they cannot do a lot of things. They just can learn to make few things, but can learn to make them very, very, very good. So if you show them the defect, they start uh, learning how the defect is made. And at the end of the process, they are, uh, in most of the cases, they are much better than human uh, level of quality assurance uh, um, control. I mean, uh, for more uh, reasons, one is the bias. The, the human brain is uh, strongly biased. Also, uh, we had um, scenarios where the machine that is able to extract feature from the image is able to detect defects that uh, were not detected by the human. It was very difficult to see uh, by the humans. So uh, we can reach a very high performance with this kind of models. Mm -hmm. I see. And, and basically, when you talked about the babies, I, I know how you feel about your models. Um, let's talk briefly about how you actually apply something. Before we, before we start the um, interview, you talked about an implementation you did in a biotech company producing bone prosthetics. Um, so how you're actually using that and then we can get a little bit back to to the topic that connected us the help of huawei but first we want to have like a real world example how you could do that because a lot of our audience um that was pretty abstract what we've been doing 
but if they do get like a real feeling on uh, what it can actually do, they start getting ideas like maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe after two beer, maybe after a dozen beers, doesn't matter. Okay, yes, of course. Uh, we um, developed a very interesting project uh, in the biotech technology. Um, as you said, uh, there was this uh, prosthetics, bone prosthetic, hip prosthesis is, uh, of course, made of a metal part and another part that is inserted inside bone. And um, the problem is that um, we have to reduce uh, the risk of, of contamination of this part. Um, our product that needs a very, very high level of quality assurance. And um, uh, for, for the very simple reason, it, it goes into a human body. So no, no person can really touch it with a finger. Best nobody in the room, right? Yes, yes, of course. So the quality assurance has to be made inside a clean room. So um, there are solutions where the uh, human can go inside and use the gloves and do the quality assurance, but uh, the aim is to completely eliminate the human manipulating of this kind of objects. And so we used a cobot, a collaborative robot. So we also integrated this kind of technology that take the prosthesis, bring it uh, in the front of the camera so we can acquire images with different likes. Uh, then it put it down, it take with the other side to control also the metal part. The metal part is the part that goes with the metal sphere that goes uh, in the joint. Uh, and then we, we control through iris that the piece does, doesn't contain any defect. Uh, that is very important. They are very, very, they have very, very high standard. The pieces must not contain any kind of defect, any kind of, um, color, um, different color for, because it means that it has not been, um, um, let's say elaborated correctly by the the human and the machine that built it. Let's say it has to fulfill higher standards and the highly reliable uh, machines yes. because if if one of those implants is broken, you cannot just send in a senior a senior engineer with a monkey wrench and a full cup of coffee. It doesn't work because you also have to do surgery again and per the patient yes, has to uh, incur additional risks so they're very high standards right yes and also you have a very very small defects that means that maybe the um, clinician cannot maybe uh, see uh, those defects when with his uh, eyes and when you implant it inside the body and you start understanding that there is something wrong with it, it's too late because you have to uh, remove it and change it. And it's not something that someone wants to go with. Are we talking about something like micro fissures here? Oh, sorry, what? 
uh, uh, like like micro fissures, like very very tiny uh, fissures, like broke uh, breaks, yes. uh, like very tiny that you can very usually only see. Scratches. Maybe we when we started with blue tensor, everyone was happy with millimeters defects. Now they are asking us for uh, smaller and smaller defects. Now we are in the range of mm, fraction of millimeters. So we have to detect very very small. Um, mm. imperfections in, in the surface of this kind of products. Mm -hmm. My understanding is, as you said, you're already uh, working there with the robot. So basically, the robot is taking it, is taking the pictures, it gets sent to the Huawei cloud, to your model, it comes back and it says, oh, good or no good, and then it proceeds without a human ever touching it. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, the room is closed, so nobody can enter inside the room uh, before the process has ended. So uh, the cobalt is able to perform all the manipulation that we need to uh, perform the quality assurance. Mm -hmm. I see. And now let us let us go a little bit back in uh, in order to like close the loop. We talked about uh, Huawei Connect. How did those guys at Huawei help you? Because I, I can I can totally see how the person in charge of the um, acceleration program could help you. He's a very talkative, very en energyful guy. Um, but how did the company help you? Oh yes, uh, we started our collaboration with with Huawei with the um, with the program for we applied for for a problem for, for a pro acceleration program. Uh, where we uh, propose that our computer vision platform, Iris, uh, that now is installed, is deployed inside on-premise servers. So the server is inside the company, inside the mm -hmm. company network. So uh, it's okay because everyone, everything stays inside. Also, we have limitation on computation of uh, resources. We have a limitation on easiest is of access because mm -hmm. of course uh, we use the um, standard firewall of our machines but of course something someone um, sometimes not enough and also when the machine fails it's a problem because we have a single point of failure if we have a single machine deployed inside the, the company so our proposal is to uh, move or not move completely, but to extend our mm -hmm. offer and move iOS not only on premise, but also as a service on cloud. So we can provide uh, our unique features, our um, computer vision platform and the ability to develop on your mm -hmm. own, your extremely customized computer vision system through the cloud without the need to buy uh, machines so that are kind of expensive and also with the reliability of the cloud, the easy access of the cloud that you can access wherever you are. Uh, you, can, you can use more sophisticated firewall system uh, in that the cloud services as Huawei are providing us and we can also exploit um, data storage because as I said, they're asking us to 
um, detect smaller and smaller defects. That means that we have to uh, generate bigger and bigger images to detect uh, very, very mm -hmm. small defects. And so we need more computational resource to process this kind of images that are very big and also have to store them. And we have to store them in a reliable way. So if we have to do so inside an on-premise server, we have to uh, buy different storage to have the backup while mm -hmm. in the cloud it's uh, reliable because they provide us the backup uh, with their services, with Huawei cloud uh, and storage backup services. Do they, do they also help you with the, with the some of the models? Uh, we don't use the models uh, or we actually use the computational power of the Huawei servers with the um, to train our models and to prototype our new models because also we want to keep uh, Iris at the cutting edge of the computer vision technologies. So we are always trying to find new models new, that can perform better or uh, uh, models more suitable for some scenarios. So we use the, uh, let's say, um, kind of limitless power of the, of the cloud because it, it can provide you a lot of servers, a lot of GPUs, a lot of uh, computing resources to prototype, deploy new models, and of course, train models. That is another very time, a very uh, computing resource expensive uh, task. Mm -hmm. Great. Simona? I would let you go because usually we talk around 25 minutes. Now we're recording for almost 35 minutes and I can okay. already tell your interview will be a big success, especially with ladies because your Italian, Italian accent is amazing. Also, the story was pretty interesting. We linked down here in the show notes a lot of additional links. We get additional information wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Um, you can go down here in the show notes or to blog.startupright.io and there you'll find the show notes for the respective episode. Simona, only thing for me to say is mille grazie. <laughs> grazie mille anche a te. <laughs> Great. It was a pleasure talking to me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.